Anyway, I'd like to share with you a very important thought as we begin our kickoff. Our kickoff. I want to share with you one, one quick thought. And I think it's something that is worthwhile to open our limud. And it is a, an extremely important nekuda in everything that we do. You should know Hashem made the world in a certain way. Hashem made the world in a certain way. And you have to be aware of it, Mordechai, good morning. You have to be aware of this nekuda. Because it plays, I don't know if I'll remember all the examples right now, but it plays a role probably in everything that we do. And if we're not aware of it, there's this constant battle in everything that we do between the way things look externally and the way things are in reality. Which means that everything that we do has an external piece and has an inner piece. Let's talk about learning Musar, which is what we come to do here. So learning Musar on its external, on its external uh, view, either a person opens up a sefer and learns, sees what it says. He learns for 10 minutes, learns for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. He walks out and he learns the information. Somebody asked him, did you learn? So of course, what did you learn? I learned the Mislat Yesharim. Which perek? The 10th perek. Which uh, subject? This subject. He learned. That is the external. It feels to the person and to everybody around that the guy just learned 45 minutes of Musad. But in reality, the external is not really where it's at. It's, there's something internal that a person needs to reach that the external learning will not get him. Listening to a shi'ur is the same. Someone tells you after you leave here, did you go to class yet? Did you listen yet? What was the subject? And you could repeat maybe the entire thing. But that's only external. Most people in life and everything that they do get satisfied with external. Thinking that they've accomplished because of whatever they did. In reality, they have accomplished very little. So I'm going to get back to the learning in a minute to explain to you how this plays a role. But I'll give you a very simple example. You ready for this? You have a mother who has her children. She cares very much about her children. What satisfies a mother on a day-to-day basis or a father, right? What satisfies them in their raising of their children, whether their children are one month old or they're 10 years old, what is the satisfaction of them looking at themselves and saying, I'm doing a good job? So I'll tell you, what occupies a mother's mind, and again, even a father, let's go on a mother for a second because she's mostly involved with the children, is 
What is she involved with all day? Well, she's she. And ask a woman, what in what way are you a mother to your children? Like, what are you doing for them? So, what do you mean? I'm always buying food for them. I'm cooking for them. I'm making sure they have clothing. I'm making sure they're healthy. Take them to the doctor if they need. Take their, uh, you know, medicines when necessary. Make sure they get their shots. Um, I make sure to give them a clean house. Make sure their rooms are, are fit. Make sure they're comfortable. I buy them shoes. I, I once in a while take them to play in the park. I make sure they're involved in a, you know, maybe they're uh, playing a piano, maybe they're playing tennis. School, I, send, I send them to school, I buy them books, I buy them pencils and pens and, right? And I'm doing that, and there are some mothers that don't even do that. They're out to lunch, but, but, but there are some. So if, if, if a mother would do all of those things at a very high, responsible level, I believe okay. that she would feel that she is a good mother because she's taking care of all the necessary things for her children to develop and to grow. But in reality, she's done very little. She's done very little because the real depth of a child's future isn't dependent on the dinner that he ate, isn't dependent on the food that he ate. Really, what's gonna make a great child when he's 15 and 16 and 17 and a great adult and a great person is he needs to have simcha. He needs to have what? Happiness. He has to have a heart. It's not, it's not, an easy, it's not a smile. It's a certain inner, an inner peace, an inner happiness that they need in order to be able to succeed. They need bitahon, not, not just in Hashem. They need bitahon, I mean security. They need to feel secure about who they are. You know, most problems in life, if you think about it, are because people are insecure. Teenagers, that's why they're the most dangerous people on the planet. Teenagers are dangerous because they're insecure people. So they're, they'll end up being drug addicts, not necessarily because they're not intelligent or because they're ignorant, because they're insecure. When you're insecure, you do dumb things. You'll do anything. You'll, you'll, start, you'll make dumb comments. You'll hurt people. You'll do things that are not what you would consider either correct or good. Insecurity brings a tremendous amount of pain to people, especially young people. And it doesn't stop when you get older. But it starts when you get younger. So the most important part of a child uh, or the investment in a child is their, their simha, their security, that they feel secure, secure with the people around them and secure with themselves, that they know how to love others, that they, know they have a good mind to make good decisions, this is what makes a great 16-year-old. What makes a great 16-year-old is not the food that you feed them, and it's not the clothing that you buy them, and it's not the doctor visits. All those things are necessary because all those things 
they allow, it's like the, we'll call it, it's the setting, it's the seat that you could put the person on. But all those things are just, they're not even the foundation. They're not at all the foundation. They're just the surah, right? Background? They're, they're, Background? They're, they're the necessary structure. For example, you go to a wedding, you need to have a, a chuppah, you need to have food, you need to have a hall, you need to have seats. But that's all that, that's the background. It's the necessary background. It's a necessary background. If you don't feed the child, then you don't have a child. You gotta make them, they have to wear clothing, they have to have a place to sleep, you have to take care of their health. That's all, that's all background. The main, all of that is needed to produce this happy, confident, intelligent, has chokhmah. That's how you're gonna do it, right? But unfortunately, and I can tell you this for sure, that most people are guilty of not going the extra, that extra step, not thinking more in depth and the reason is very not because they're bad people because in life it's always easier to think about what you see physically and what you see immediately so in the immediate and in the physical you see a hungry child so that takes your captivates your mind right away you see a child that's wearing clothing you see a child that needs to be taken care of health-wise or you need a child. So when you're a mother raising a child, if you don't, if you're not a person who thinks in depth about life and you see external, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna raise this child and give them everything they need except the most important things that they need. And when you have this 16-year-old and you say, I don't understand. I gave them everything, but they're a mess. They're not happy. They're not confident. Oh, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you. But, but you, have, you understand how there is an external piece to raising a child, and then there's the internal piece. Most people don't pay attention to the internal piece because to pay attention to the internal piece, you have to have vision. Because the internal piece is never about now. Internal is always about investing. It's not about a momentary, you know, you want to learn how to learn Gemara, you got to invest time and effort. You have to be able to see a future, right? So internal is always about something that you don't see in front of you. And it's always about something that's ahead. It's about planting. It's about putting the seeds in Today, that your child at 16 or 18 and, and, and on is going to be that very responsible, healthy-minded, great person that's going to be able to have a great family, raise great children, have a great marriage, have great relationships, know his purpose and what he's doing in life, wake up in the morning. It takes a lot for a 16-year-old to get up early in the morning with excitement. And it takes a lot for him to be excited and happy during his day and be able to, there's a lot that goes into making that. 
and it's not food, and it's not clothing, and it's not vacations, and it's not any of that. Most mothers don't even think about this subject. I mean, they know, yes, about the future, but, but that's not really what occupies their mind. Right? Because again, that's what Hazal tells us. Ezehu hacham. How do you assess a wise person when they're able to see what's not in front of them? Most people can only see what's in front of them. Imagine a person builds a home, right? People moving into their new homes, whether their homes in Brooklyn, their homes in Deal, they have a new apartment, right? Now, what, what occupies a person's mind when it comes to the subject of a bayit, of a home? What occupies our mind? Think about it. A person's building a house, right? They get, it's exhausting, right? It's the architect, that's an exhausting period. Going through all the plans, getting them approved, making sure you have as many bathrooms as you need, making sure you have two bathrooms per, per resident, building a house, finding a builder, going through the process, all the details, all the furniture, all the, all the, the, the lighting. It's, it's exhausting. By the time a guy builds a house, I never want to do this ever again. Get me a house that's done. I don't want to build. I don't want to deal with anybody. It could, take, it could take a year. It could take 10 years. Right? And finally, yes, sir. There's pleasure. But I, no, I, didn't, I didn't say it's bad. I said it's, it's, I said it's exhausting. You could, you could enjoy it. It's fine. That's not the point. It's not the point. Enjoy it or not, it's not the point. Not the point. Now you go and you make Hanukkah bite. When you sit at Hanukkah bite, you sit there and you see all of the work that you did. Benefits. Gorgeous. And now you say, okay, thank God, I'm done. I have a home. I have a bite. Yeah. Right? That's not a home. That's not a bite is. A buy is not that. A buy is not your lighting. A buy is not how many rooms you have. It's how many bathrooms you have. It doesn't matter how sparkling your house is. That's not, that's not what a home is. You haven't, a home has a purpose. A buy it has a purpose. A buy it, the purpose is that the people in it should be elevated. The people in it should get all of the necessary tools to become great people. So all the things that you invested in and you're feeling excited about, which there's nothing wrong to enjoy what you have, but don't feel that you have. In fact, what do we do when the person moves into the house? We say, let's do a Hanukkah bite. Now that's a very odd thing to do. Because the word Hanukkah, usually, you know, you have a little child, you say, okay, I got to give them Hanukkah. Hinuch, like we said a few weeks ago, means putting a person on the road that they should develop into something great, the great version of themselves, right? Here's a guy who spent months and years developing and building this house, 
And finally, he walks into the house. We tell, okay, let's make Hinuch Abayit. What are you talking about, Hinuch Abayit? Hinuch Abayit means let's, let's start. Let's start your home. Let's start your bite. What do you mean starting? I finished my bite. I built it already. We tell him you didn't build nothing. You just gave the background. Your bite starts now. Because the most important part of raising a family is the bite, is the atmosphere. You asked me, Joe, about before. What's an example of that? An example of that, you know, I had, it's, I had on Monday, on Monday, on Monday? No, Tuesday. On Tuesday, I went to lunch with 30 boys in my class, 10th grade boys, you know, I run every day to teach them. This lunch went for much longer than I imagined, like a three hour lunch. And uh, the boys started talking about different uh, things they gained or different, you know. So one boy gets up and he says, I just want to thank the rabbi. He says, this year my life changed. Is I'm no longer the same guy I used to be. Now I'm waiting to hear. Like we, we did a lot that year. We learned a lot of Musa, a lot of Gemara. I'm waiting to hear all different things that the guy's gonna say about what happened. He says, he says about six months ago. So we had a class six months ago. I I came into the class and I asked them. You know, these are 15 year olds. I came into the class that day. I probably left the class like this, and I don't know what was on my mind. I said, guys, I want to ask you a question. How do you walk into your house? They didn't understand a word. What? I said, how do you walk into your house? They didn't understand the question. I said, well, I mean, do I knock first? What do you say? I walk into my Open the door. How do you walk into your house? I said, you never thought about how to walk into your house? Now, how do people walk into their house? What's the external way of walking into your house? The external way is, you either ring the bell, you have a key, you have a code, and you walk into your house. What? That's how you walk into your house. What kind of question is that? But everything in this world has an external and has an internal. There's an external way to walk into your house, and there's an internal way of walking into your house. Powerful statement. Big difference, yeah. right? Now, most people, they see the physical door and the physical entry and they're walking in. That's it. But there's so much more depth to walking into your house. And we spent that day, probably an hour and a half, on this subject of how when you walk into something in general, has a very big influence on what results you're going to get. The way you start, the way you begin, the way, the way you walk into your house has a lot of results, ramifications. And we went through all that. You walk into your house, what kind of face you have on? What kind of attitude you have on? Do you throw your bag and you run to your room? Do you start, you know, huh? Whatever you do. So people are there. Do, do, do you greet them as if they're important to you? Or you make believe they're like furniture because they were there also yesterday. So most people walk into their house, it's their house, it's their domain. They walk in, they either go to their room, especially if they're younger, they're, and even if they're older, they just kind of see the people around and they just, whatever, they, they're always there. The couch is there, this person is always there. I said, that's a, that kind of walking in doesn't produce 
a great result in being a part of a home. I said, if you want to enjoy your home now and for the long term and invest in your own home later on in your life, you have to learn how to walk into the house. So I spoke about how do you do that? Take a few seconds before you walk in. So that, that's what I do. You told us I do that. that, but you told us that once before. Right, maybe I spoke about that day. That's why I went to that class. So take two seconds before you walk in and prepare yourself to walk in with the right attitude, with the right words to say. You see your brother, you see your sister, you see your mother, you see your father, you see your child. You walk in a certain way, it's a, it's a game changer. So this kid, this kid, he, 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 he took this to heart. This is what he's saying over. And he decided that day that he's doing this. <laughs> he said, you have no idea. He's telling the boys. He said, you have no idea how his whole home experience changed. Just because you walked in a certain way. It's an unbelievable thing. But again, there you see an example of the same action. There's the external and then there's the internal. The external is you open the door, you walk in and you're home. The internal is planting the seeds that the home experience should be a great experience. That requires thought. It requires investment. It is that way in the way you act in your home. It is that way in everything that we do. You see a person, you, there's an external hello to the person. But then there's an internal piece of what needs to be done. Learning Musad is a great example of that. I want to share with you a line that our Bible says. Listen to this. He says, Kol Adam Barehov. Michael, you appreciate this. Kol Adam Barehov. Charlie, you understand Hebrew? Every person in the street means every person. When they hear Devar Musar, they hear a good thought, an important idea, they learn something. Right? We hear all the time Musar. You hear a rabbi speak, you hear somebody say over something, you're in your car listening, you're reading. Nidmelo, listen to these words. What's Nidmelo? It appears to him. Shehu Mevin Techef. It appears to him that he got it. He got it. He heard the words. And he understood what was said. And done. He says, Veze Kelal Enokach. And it's very far from reality. You hear good advice, you hear nice words, you hear important words. And you say, wow, that was great, I got it. He says, it's not like that. Basically, it's like building a home and saying, now I have a home. You don't have a home. You have a structure, but you don't have a home. A home is something that needs an internal investment. It's what you're doing in the home. It's what you're raising in the home. It's the attitudes of the home. It's the chokhmah of the home. It's so much more about a home than the physical structure. 
You think you built a house and you're done? No, no, you didn't build a house. You don't have a house. He's saying you heard or you learned something important. You walked out of a class. Hey, oh, I learned something today. I'm so happy. It was so nice to hear that. He says, You didn't learn anything. Which means there's a lot of internal work that goes into acquiring and really putting what you learn into the proper perspective and the proper attitude and translate into your actions. Learning things, whether from a book or from someone speaking, is not in itself learning. That's just the, that's just the furniture. That's the background of your learning. Starting point. That's the starting point. You got to have uh, information. But then you need to take that information and you have to look in the depth of that information and internalize it and look at its depth and think about it. A person, the, the real learning after learning is when you take something and you digest it. When you chew on it, you chew on it again and again. That's why it says, by the way, Rav Chaim Kanievsky was once asked, I don't know where he got it from, not sure. Maybe it was him or he it was in a sefer. He was asked why, why is it that a kosher animal, we know one of the signs of a kosher animal is that they chew their cud, which basically means, maybe it's not so nice to describe, but I have to describe it. Basically when a human eats, they take food, they chew on it, they break it down, and then it goes down. But by kosher animals, it doesn't work like that. Any animal that does that is not kosher. The only kind of kosher animal is where it takes the food, just like us, it breaks it down with its teeth, it goes down and comes back up again, and it chews on it again. And then it eats it. That's, that's, that's the only way an animal is kosher. If an animal doesn't do that, it's not kosher. The people in the street, he means us. That's what he means. Generally, we get satisfied with the external part and the part that's immediately in front of us. The inner part, which is some time away, is usually ignored by people in anything that they do. And it is that part that's the most critical part of whatever they're doing. It's not the external. They can be faked. That's why we say Hanukkah Tabayin. When you have a, you built a house, you're done. You think you're done? No, no, no. Hanukkah Tabayin. Now you're starting. Now you're starting. So you got the background. Now you start. Now you got to go and figure out how to make this house a real powerful home. Now, now is the start. Hanukkah. Today I'm telling you that if you really want to take what we learned seriously and say, I learned today, if you really want to do that, Today, you have some free time, I know. Yes, you have some free time. Yeah, go, go for a walk, no? Okay. When you, when you walk, think about what we learned today. And just review it and process it and see how it plays. You have to be sincere to do this. If you're not a sincere person, you're not doing it. But if you're a sincere person and you learn with sincerity, 
So it will be easy. You think about what you did, you review the points, then review it again, and as you're reviewing and chewing on it and thinking about it, you'll start seeing a whole new picture of it, and it becomes more of a reality. That's today's lesson.